Hey everyone, just a quick forward on this episode. We were supposed to have a video companion to the episode, but our file got corrupted. So I'm so sorry, but there will not be a YouTube version of the podcast this week. My apologies. Also, Mike's guitar on this episode is a little bit quiet. That's my fault, again, for not properly capturing a direct signal of the guitar. So hopefully it's not too bad and you can listen through it. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you so much. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Music Guy Podcast. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a singer-songwriter, guitarist, record producer, music educator, just making a living here in the music biz. My co-host, as he is most every week, Mr. Michael Hebbs, guitarist, backup vocalist, composer, music educator. How are you, my friend? So good. Um... Last week's episode was our best episode ever. Um, <laughs> we're not rusty at all, yeah. and we're so great at hosting internet content. Yeah, uh, we we did take a little bit of a break and, and then came back to it. Felt uh, felt a little uh, yeah, it's a little, little like getting back in the hot tub, but also like a little bit like yeah, it was great. You know? it, it felt great to do, <laughs> but like yeah, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh. It was a little bit like going back to the gym after you like haven't yeah. been there for six months. Like I'm, that's where I'm currently at. Like I've yeah. been to the gym in months, and I'm eventually going back, and it's gonna suck. I, I'm eventually going <laughs> back. I like, I like that statement. <laughs> like it feels good, but but it's also like, oh, this is harder than I remember it being. Yeah. Um, welcome everybody. Thanks for for sticking with this podcast, checking us out. Uh, you can support the show if you would like to, just by sharing it with your friends, telling people about it, letting them know that. Uh, this is a great program to check out. We'd also appreciate any kind of reviews you can give on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever else you may be listening. All that stuff helps greatly. And then, of course, uh, on the monetary side, if you're interested oh, in yeah. chipping in a couple bucks towards our uh, our hosting costs and other things like that, patreon.com slash musicguypodcast is the place to go to do that. And we appreciate everybody who's checking that out. You can even, if you're willing to uh, to to up your your donations a little bit, get a lesson with Michael or myself. This is true. And, and I mean, at that point, you're kind of just getting a lesson. Yeah. Uh, and and supporting the podcast is sort of free. So um, think about it that way. You can see if we're actually like up to snuff. You know, yeah. we, we, yeah. we're now. Uh, it's funny because some internet people are like, you know, they talk about a thing, and they're not actually that good. At it. Right, you know what I mean. So yeah. you can see if we actually are that good at it. Yeah, um, feels feels like I'm being outed right now. Just the same here, buddy. <laughs> um, how's your week been, man? I've did. It's been it's been weird because I had my really productive schedule when I got back about a weekend. You know, I started practicing a bunch, yada yada yada, learning tunes. And as I was telling you before, I'm kind of setting up a studio space, so it's mostly like painting and you know, cleaning and, and moving. And so my body is, is wrecked. I'm yeah. old, too old for this shit. What about you? Yeah. My, my body is wrecked for a completely different reason. Yes. I, I'm having a, uh, a procedure on my foot, 
that involves using a corrosive substance, <laughs> which is kind of kind of intense. That's um, fun. Yeah. Uh, so that that's happening, and it was the kind of thing where the uh, it's not a serious thing at all. It's just I, I have this this wart on my foot. I don't even know if this is appropriate podcast material. Oh, but, but here we are. This is this and the, is prime and the podcast. Doc, the doc, the doc was like, "Well, look, like this, you know, we're going to use this corrosive substance. It's not going to hurt." Uh, and as he's applying this thing, liar. I was like, I was like, yeah, this feels like nothing. He's like, but like tonight it's going to hurt real bad. Oh, uh, and I was like, okay. And I was like, how bad could it be? He's like, you can you can like handle a little bit of pain, right? I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. And I I I, I swear to you, I, could, I I haven't been able to walk right for yeah three days. Uh, it's actually been really challenging. Fortunately, uh, Katie's been uh, helping me out a little bit, and the uh, yeah. And walking the dog has been uh, pretty difficult. So, anyways, I'm Coop's kind of pissed. Kind of, yeah, I'm kind of coming uh, coming back around today. I feel like I can actually kind of move around somewhat easily. Um, the problem is, is that like once this round is done, like next week he's going to do it again. Oh, that's fun. Most most likely. I so hate it, that it's all to get rid of a wart. Yeah, too. it's like. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like I would do the same thing. This reminds me of uh, I broke my toe once and it was really swelling so they drilled into the toenail to kind of get the blood to come yeah, out and yeah. like this shouldn't hurt yeah. and he was drilling for a while and no blood was coming out and then it started to hurt like yeah. a lot like yeah. he was drilling into my flesh and I'm like stop 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 and he's like no it's fine it shouldn't hurt and I'm like but it hurts oh. so much <laughs> yeah man having a foot injury is really difficult I mean yeah. I guess that kind of goes without saying but as somebody who's been pretty fortunate with with their body, their body, like it's like not you know not really being able to walk for a few days is uh, pretty frustrating. So, um, I guess I have a better understanding in some ways of yeah. what yeah. some people are going through with uh, with different injuries. It's not a place you want to hurt, man. That's a place you as a musician have, or as as anyone, man. Yeah. You want to have good foot health, okay? So if I can impart anybody any information and wisdom on this episode. Take care of your feet. Yeah, don't get warts. No, um, don't break them. Apparently, wear good wear good shoes. Wear comfortable shoes. Apparently, uh, genital you know? warts are very common. Yeah, um, yeah. I think like seventy percent of people have yeah. have had them in their life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Maybe there 80%. you go. Yeah. Don't use caustics on those though. Is that what it's called? Caustics. Yeah, caustics. Yeah. I mean, you could. It would be acid. Very on, painful. On your penis. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's a really weird. Um, it's a virus, right? So, like, any ward is the is some version of the HPV virus, as far as I know. There's like a bunch of different versions of this virus. And the thing about viruses is there's not really like there's not an antibiotic to. I see because yeah, they're not yeah. bacterial. Just get so there's, Norton there's on not, there. The, the, the really like the only way is to <laughs> is to literally just like cut it out or destroy. The area that it's living in, amputate, <laughs> and so that's uh, yeah. It's kind of the, the 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 treatment methods are not like they feel kind of archaic to me because that's all you can do is just sort of the doctor says he's like yeah we just need to make this area inhabitable for this virus. <laughs> it's like that sounds like it's going to be pretty fun and it's uh, insane. So far, it, uh, it's been uh, been a barrel of monkeys. So um, what we're here to do today. I thought this would be cool. I've been teaching a lot online lately. I imagine. Have you been teaching online? Not really. I mean, I don't have a ton of students since coming back from the ship. I have mm. one online lesson per week. Well, there you go. So, if anybody's looking for lessons out there, Mike Hebs. Yeah, Mike Hebs. Gr- gr- great candidate. I'm wart free. Uh, yeah, um, he won't give you warts over Zoom. 
whereas yeah. I might. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I've been teaching a bunch online, and a, a few of my students, you know, as guitar students are, uh, they they want to learn about the pentatonic scale, right? There you go. Or you have a guitar student who's like fairly new to things, and you're like, I'm going to show this person the pentatonic scale, and it's going to blow their mind. Yeah, and they're going to get super fired up about playing guitar. Teach so, them the truth. Either way. You get into that, and then, you know, naturally, one of the songs that I've been going to, uh, there's a couple of good ones. Um, I mean, there's a million good ones, but there's a couple of good ones that I've been going to. One of them is Slow Hands by Niall Horan. Oh, sure, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, intro lick, you know, especially if you can... Teaching bending is, is actually pretty challenging, but, yeah. um, but you know, sometimes I'll just replace that with a, a slide. Instead of going... I'll just go... Yeah, In fact, yeah. it might be a slide on the record, even. But it is sometimes hard to tell. It's uh, with really slick bending. You know, if you've got if you've got a situation where, um, yeah, if you've got a situation where it's a bend and it's hard to to teach, I'll just do it as a slide. Or even, I mean, sometimes you just just give them the notes. You know, it's a yeah. good place to start at least. And the other tune I've been going to is "I Don't Trust Myself" by John Mayer, which. Uh, most people will probably know one of my favorite artists one of my favorite songs off one of my favorite records i imagine you feel similarly i'm yawning right now but yes i'm not yawning out of disinterest um <laughs> yeah no J- john mayer uh continuum was like when i started liking guitar again <laughs> okay that's pretty heavy yeah. i don't know i just like uh, i feel like i kind of was not paying attention to like popular guitar mm-hmm. until like continuum and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that this is not the way that we play guitar in, in songs in pop now, but that's cool too. Like this is kind of my bridge to start being like, Oh, guitar, modern guitar is cool and not modern guitar, like modern jazz. It's like, I'm sure that's cool too. I just don't really, I ain't got no time for that. That, <laughs> that isn't going to pay my bills. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, unless you're unless you're truly great at it, yeah. Um, Which I am not. Right, nor am I. Um, so, I was teaching the solo to this tune, and so I, le- you know, I lifted it to the best of my ability, and I think I got it pretty darn close. And one of the things I noticed about it is for for a guitarist like myself, who is not, you know, virtuosic by any means, I'm not playing, you know. Ingve stuff and, yeah. and you know really shredding or even like you know really complex blue stuff i'm not i'm not on that re- that level at the moment you know but what what i found about this solo that i really enjoyed so much was that um it, it the, number one like his john uh, mayer's feel and phrasing is next level you know and that's that's what really makes this solo work so well Mm. Um, so, I mean, that was the first thing I noticed and that, you know, that's pretty hard to, it's hard to teach. Um, and it's, it can be hard to replicate, but it is something that's worth bringing attention to. I feel, especially to a student, making them aware and actually showing them, it's like, here's where the notes are. Here's the, here are the frets, you know, but, but, you know, listen to how he plays it. It sounds like this. And when. When you know when I play it, it it doesn't sound quite that good, yeah. you know. And then when yeah. somebody who's never played it before plays it or isn't familiar with the pentatonic scale, then it, it you know it's it's further. It's not really but uh, not really happening. But like, um, which is of course it's okay. It's like it's how you learn. But like pointing that out rather than just saying like here's what the frets are, 
like taking a little bit of time to dive yeah. into like here's here's what I think he's doing and and why I think it sounds really cool and like just bringing awareness to that gives um, you know myself as a guitar player and hopefully like the student uh, something to continue to work towards and sort of notice you know just bringing awareness to that i think is really important yeah i feel like also too when you say things like oh check out how dope his feel is and stuff that maybe they wouldn't understand it like like directly at the moment i feel like it almost reminds them like later like there have been certain things like that my teacher said when i first i got a few lessons when i was uh like 14 or 15 or something uh and he was like oh you gotta use the metronome uh, or else you, it's going to be so hard to make progress. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> and I never did it. Uh, well, never is the wrong word. I didn't yeah. do it for the longest time. And then when I was like 17, you know, I was like, oh, this metronome is actually everything. This guy's right. Mm-hmm. And same with the field thing. It's like, oh, listen to the space and the fact that he's not just going like, like the whole mm-hmm. solo or playing a bunch of licks. Um, you know, maybe 10 years from now, they'll go, yeah. Al was right about that. You know, that John Mayer guy plays very tastefully. Or if they're looking to become a more tasteful player, they might be mm-hmm. like, who's a really tasteful player? Oh, that guy that my teacher was talking about. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, this is going to be 10 years from now. We're going to be dead by then. Um, Surely. As a species. Right. So- the, <laughs> the idea is if you're, when you're teaching and like when you're doing solos like this, there's lots of stuff that, that goes beyond him just playing the pentatonic scale and playing the right notes. Yeah. And I think to, to, you know, to use words like phrasing and feel, that's all well and good, but people who are less experienced on their instrument or maybe just learning music for the first time or learning the pentatonic scale for the first time, are they're not really going to know what you mean by that, no. right? No. So actually giving concrete examples, and I think the soul is a really good example where the um, patterns that he's using are not super complicated. He repeats the same licks quite a bit but yeah. with just subtle sort of vi- in two ways subtle variations in terms of the the inflection the feel the phrasing whatever you want to say or like little things like bending a note or sliding into a note or whatever little things like that um which are huge things but but they're also small things um and the other thing is placement rhythmically so what I mean yeah. by that is like, you know, a lick might start on, he might play a, a pattern that starts on beat one and then play the same pattern, but it started on beat two the next time around. Yeah. And so what that does is it, it, it furthers the engagement of the listener because they're, they're on this journey with you as they're listening to the solo and they're like, okay, I get it. He, he went, you know, he went and then yeah. he went. He did the yeah, same, yeah, yeah. almost the same thing again with like a slight little variation. And like by doing that, um, you know, it engages the listener more and um, sort of takes takes them on this journey. Whereas if you're just sort of, you know, playing as many notes as you can, it, it can be a little bit like um, jarring maybe for the listener to keep up with it, right? So, so you I know, almost see this as like, like a motivic, they call it, yeah. I think they call it motivic playing. Yes. You yeah. Know, you take like a single idea and you develop that idea. And then, you know, build towards something. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's like lots of space too in the solo. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes me think of, um, I don't listen to a lot of jazz, unfortunately for me, I'm sure. But um, there's a one Miles Davis recording where he's playing, you know, I 
can't remember what is what is that song that goes you know you know that one uh, you've heard it before yeah. uh and he like does a solo over that and it's the same thing like really repetitive but uh he's developing an idea lots of space because almost i think when you don't leave space uh it it almost shows like nervousness or like like eagerness because it's easier to play a bunch of notes you know what i mean yeah like try to play a solo and like leave like a huge space and you can feel it in it like when you're doing it you're like i need to play something i need to play something yeah it shows like maturity yeah um totally yeah so it's something so yeah so anyways I, I felt like this was a really cool solo just for me personally to have lifted it um for my own playing and stuff like that because it's not uh it's in a wheelhouse that i feel like i'm kind of there like i can kind of play it and um just some of the lessons and some of just the mindset things and just some of the sort of ideas in there i think are pretty cool so i thought we would break this one down and this this is a first um episode where we've done this but like take a listen to solo sort of play through it sort of break it down sort of give some some of our insight on what we feel is happening there and why we think it's cool so anyways let's listen to it we're kind of burying the lead here let's listen to it uh, here it is. Um, I don't trust myself. The guitar solo, John Mayer continuum. Here it is. So like very man, very very, very vibey too, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, tasteful, but like very vibey. Like it it stays in sort of one area of the guitar. Um, so you you're, you're building tension when you're doing that, right? And it's not really until the end where you finally get that release of. Yeah. Okay, we went somewhere new, you know. So it's really cool to, to also to be building that tension. One of the things that I notice about that is he's playing with his fingers for sure. That's how he's yeah. getting that. And that's that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I, absolutely right. Yeah, so he doesn't use a pick most of the time. It's like a thumb and index finger sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things that that's yeah, great point. Really good to demonstrate that because like it changes the feel of the solo. So we'll get into each sort of section. It's like a dynamics um, thing, yeah. Uh, you know, in a micro sort of way, but yeah, but it changes the feel and like the the percussiveness of it, right? Yes. So if I go with a pick versus, yeah, and like sometimes he'll strike it just normal, but sometimes he'll yeah he'll sort of pull on spank it. I'm it actually horrible at that type of playing. Yeah, um, but uh, one of the things that what was I going to say as well too? Like a lot of these, I feel like you could steal them and like move them around totally uh, right you know like because i when i learned it i thought it was something like that but that works versus like right. you could do that wherever yeah and just getting used to that you know and i could be wrong in some of these, these yeah, lifts yeah, of course yeah. as well so let's just check out the first area of it So I have oh. that I have that as like a double hammer on like open E string, hammer the five, hammer the eight. Yeah, yeah. 
and then uh, A string, fifth fret, hammer the seventh fret, and then D string, fifth fret, hammer the seventh fret, and then do yeah. it again as like a pull off. Uh, yeah. So I'm only striking each string one time. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's really cool, right? Because so our, our song's in A minor. Yeah. The scale we're using A minor pentatonic. Right. So you know you're coming into the start of the solo. You're gonna land on A as that sort of anchor note, I guess, yeah. at the end of this lick. Uh, or this that's the decision he's making here obviously you can do whatever you want but like if you're gonna land on that a which makes sense we're in a that's a good place to start strong place to start you know essentially what he's doing there is following the a minor triad as like an arpeggio right which is sort of part of that that move that scale but what's so cool about that um one of the things i try to say to my students what's so cool is like if you're playing pentatonic scale sort of in a stepwise motion where you're just going up the steps yeah or down the steps you know that's cool but it kind of people are very used to that yeah and it kind of gets a little repetitive a little bit boring maybe after a while so when you skip steps yeah Yeah, and do and that becomes sort of an arpeggio because you're playing um, you know, the notes of an A minor chord, which are A, C, and E. Yeah. Right? So in this case, we're playing C, E, A. So it's kind of like a, well, it's called an inversion, but it's yeah, almost yeah. like a backwards arpeggio if you want yeah, to think yeah. about it that way, right? So, cool. That's a cool way to start your solo. Um, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool. But, so he takes it to the, it's kind of the next level thing here is just a little bit of tricksy kind of guitaristy playing. Yeah. Just using the hammer-ons to add style to those three notes. Yeah, well, the funny thing, too, is I feel like if you look at the pentatonic scale as just an A minor. Mm. Um, That's a great. With just It's just missing a few notes. Like, yeah. So instead of, it's with an extra note right. and then instead of it's actually you know what i mean right so the same idea if you know where those notes are because you're right it's true like if i'm playing a solo and i'm ending a lot of phrases on on like this note that note is not a part of of the chord and obviously mm-hmm. really like i i think the big thing is this solo is like very vocal and like very like ear based and the pentatonic scale is a really easy one to get your ear around i think that's why it's so commonly used mm-hmm. um it's also and, a pretty easy one not to fuck up and it feels good to play it yeah, too yeah, yeah. like you can do On a lot guitar, of yeah. things you know uh, you, almost everything you do like you said almost everything you do on yeah. it sounds good yeah so you can sort of just feel your way through it rather than really thinking about like am i landing on the right note for the right chord at the right yeah. time yeah especially in a song like this that doesn't break the key um it's yeah. just a minor c and f which are all sort of part of the a minor um tonality of the a minor yeah, scale yeah. so so you're never really worried about like am i hitting a note that's more or less effective yeah. um over, over these chords and of course there are degrees of that but generally speaking you can just sort of jam out on this scale and yep. it's gonna sound pretty sick well also too with this progression and like i feel like most blues playing in general like 
I don't hear. I mean, maybe for like more traditional stuff where you actually like out, yeah, like outline that. So you got to touch the major and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but generally for like minor blues or even just like major blues, it's it's generally just pentatonic, and then they'll add in a little bit of that. But yeah, mm-hmm. for a progression like this, you're not going to add in any of that. He doesn't even use the F, mm-hmm. uh, and the F. I think the progression is. Yeah. Like, he doesn't ever actually play the F yeah, note. You yeah, could, you could go there, but right? But he doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just all pentatonic. But I, I think for, for something like this, this is a hard solo to, um, like, for me to dissect and actually get stuff I can use because it doesn't have a lot of licks, but that's what makes it such a great solo. It's yeah. more like a, just a good example of, like, space and, like, space playing and, by Space and ideas, too. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let me... Maybe I can give you a couple uh, yeah, things here. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe so. I got to spend a lot of time thinking about this. So that first lick, anyways. That's how. I'm, that's what I'm sort of thinking about. That it's like an A minor triad, yeah. but he's but he's hammering on using the frets that are already available to you, but via the the pentatonic scale to yeah to get there, right? So that's super cool. There's all. If you're not super into doing hammer-on pull-off stuff, or if your students aren't, like that's a great example that'll get them jacked up about like, holy crap! Like you can, you can get yeah, three notes. Yeah, like that's so really fast. Easy, I never knew really I could play easy, that fast. Yeah. It's like, well, it's actually not that hard, you know. And that's just another thing that's going to get people to want to pick up their guitar more. I think. Yeah. You know. And then this last note is a little bit trickier to teach, but that's like a hammer pull hammer again. Yeah. As far as I can hear, anyways, on the record. So that's that first leg. Um, and I guess I'm just just uh, gushing over this first leg, but also it starts before beat one, right? Yeah, it's and that's pickup. that's a great thing to to recognize. And I, I mean, maybe a bunch of folks listening to this are like really great guitar players, and they're like, "Shut the hell up!" Like I already yeah, know yeah, all this yeah, stuff, yeah. and you know that's cool. But also um, for for teaching purposes, it's like starting your ideas before you know beat one or maybe there's folks that are listening that aren't really players and they just find this stuff interesting like starting before beat one one two three four yeah it's hard to count and do that same time but that ramps up into and, and builds that that t- we should do an entire episode on tension release yeah oh yeah. man I'm so, i am I got really into that Sounds lately like massage but, um, but that builds that tension right and then the fact yeah. that you land on this a which is the tonal center of the song is like that's your release moment and that's very satisfying to hear that. Okay, so we get there. Two, three, four. So he does this little, just kind of just pentatonic lick. Yeah. Um, and slides down. So that's um, fifth fret G, seventh fret D, seventh fret A, sliding down to fifth fret A. So again, that's an A minor arpeggio. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then he yeah. slides down. Yeah. And then and ends on the A minor. Kind of does these, again, these more pull-off-y, yeah. slide kind of bluesy. They're just things that just sound cool. You're right. He is, he, he's kind of just outlining an A minor chord the whole time. Yeah. You know, because it's true. Like, if I did a, uh, like, if I went, yeah, like, that's, that's not going to work. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you got to get down to that C. So knowing yeah. where the chord tones are, I feel like if you went through every position of the, like, this is just your standard position for pentatonic, mm-hmm. uh, and then played, okay, these are the chord tones, uh, 
And then same. I've never, and then, why have I never thought to do that? This is the other position. This is the position before it. You can't hear this, unfortunately, because... Oh, sorry. Something of that nature, and then knowing where those chord tones yeah, are. You know what I mean? That's um, brilliant. One thing that I noticed in the recording, and I, this is one of the things I can never do that he does. I actually did it like this. And oh, then, maybe that's what it is. It, that it's it's uh, because it's guitar. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't get into where he's playing stuff. That's an unfortunate thing about guitar is that huh. you can play in so many different places. Yeah. Um, but I don't understand how he does this. It sounds like he goes. And he just hammers it on because it's so quiet. If you listen to the actual yeah. recording, it's like da da. You know, it's, right? It's very yeah, quiet. it's very quick, very quiet. Um, huh. Yeah. See, I hadn't even considered it, it could yes. be in that that other position. This so actually that's, brings uh, up a, a, just for folks who yeah. are listening. That's instead of going fifth fret G, uh, seventh fret D. Uh, Mike's going fifth fret G, second fret G. Yeah. And you can actually pull that off. You yeah. Know, and then. Yeah. And down to 5th fret uh, A, 3rd fret A. One of the things that this brings up, and this is more guitar-specific stuff, like, it would be valuable to learn, uh, um, however that goes, uh, <laughs> but to learn it in every position. Like, you right. can't do it up here because it's too high, but say, for instance, right, um, and then, yeah. like, moving up to the next pentatonic position. Right. And then up to the next one. Like, I'm going up the octave because I have to, but, like, I'll do that a lot when I'm practicing guitar stuff. It's like, okay, this lick is like this here, even if the lick is something like... But how is it in the position down from there? Um, Unfortunately, you can't hear it. Like, the idea is those are identical notes, but I'm playing them in different places, and I'll try to play it all the way across the fretboard. Yeah. Um, And that's really helpful for just getting to know the fretboard. Yeah, and super useful for, like, when you're in a certain spot maybe you've sort of yeah. played yourself into an area of the guitar where you're less familiar i know i do that yeah, yeah, all and the it's time. like oh but i know how to sort of do this this idea that i really like i know how to play that at you know at the 12th fret if that's where i'm at you know yeah. and so that's cool and that can get me to the next sort of sort of zone um that's great insight yeah especially going through i've never yeah. thought to do that yeah um go through the pentatonic scale do it as for a, multiple as a, chords yeah. too like so say for instance that's if brilliant. i were to do this um, and then the next chord is a C. Oh, wow. Now yeah. the problem is F isn't in the pentatonic, but I would do it in this area as well. Okay. Um, so in the realm of that fifth to eighth fret yes. zone, how can I outline an A minor chord? Yes. How can I outline a C chord? So we're just talking about playing the notes within those chords. So yes. A minor, it's A, C, and E. So we're going to play all the A, C's, E's. A, C, E, A, C, E, A, yep. C, and then for a C chord, play all the C, E's, and G's from the 5th to 8th fret. Yeah, so, yeah. C, E, G. It's weird, right? Yeah. E, G, C. Yeah. yeah. And, and then do that for an F. See, I, I've not done any of this. That's why I'm not as good jazz as jazz school, players. buddy. That's, <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's such good stuff. Um, so, so, yeah, so just, just um, one more time with this second leg. There's yeah. not there, that was horrible, but so you can see how much John Mayer's hands and just his touch on the yeah. guitar matters, right? When yeah. I play this, it sounds like an amateur, and when he plays it, it sounds dope. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to point out with this is that um, when, when I'm teaching the pentatonic scale to people, it's like, well, here's you know, here's your main main, main position that everybody's probably for the most part fairly familiar with, fifth fret to eighth fret. 
but the way I'm doing this lick, sliding down to the third fret of the A string, the fifth string. Yeah. There's the, there's a thing that I like to refer to as an extension of the main sure. pentatonic area, being that fifth to eighth fret area. If you go back two frets to, you can grab third fret, uh, fifth fret of the low E string, the sixth yeah. string, and the fifth string, the A string. So three, five, yeah, three, yeah. five, and that just gives you a little extension. So if you're playing this, you know this is some. This is something I'm making up now. But if I'm I can sort of hang out down here for a second and then come back into yeah. the main zone. Uh, it's just a nice little extra little bit of reach. So I feel like that's what he's utilizing in that, that yeah. area. Let's check out the next. Uh, that, so just to recap, the first lick was. Yeah. You know, or something to that effect. Uh, here's the next one. So he opens with the same idea again, right? This is a very common sort of soloing strategy, if you yeah. want to call it that. It's like you play one you play one thing, and you're like... And then you take a little break. You're like, yeah, that was pretty sick. And then you play it again. Yeah. And you do something a little bit different to sort of further the, the story, if you want. Yep. You know? So he goes again with the same... This time he strikes the D string twice. I see. Instead of... Again, as far as I can tell from listening to the record. Okay. Then we've got a... So, bending 7th fret G string. And this is like another inflection thing where, like, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I think it's an important thing to pay attention to when you're doing bends, is that a lot of times... Uh, guitarists will not let the note return to the original pitch yeah. uh, without doing something else first. So he, uh, John plays the note and bends it like, I don't know, a quarter to a half a step and stops the note immediately. Yeah, so it's yeah. beep, instead of rather going like that, yeah. that kind of brings you it brings you back to where you started, but it, it, I, to, to my ears and my feeling, it kind of is it's just like, like yeah. it's kind of just like the the bottom is falling out of this this musically it's like it's it's kind of feels like it's i don't know it's not that exciting it's not that interesting it's like it feels like we're losing energy you know whereas yeah. if you yeah yeah if you stop it on the upswing without letting it come down there's some tension there there's some sort of build there and then what he does is to get it back he strikes it again um, yeah, and I think that just adds more like forward momentum. Well, so, so. what what it makes me think of is something called well, it is a microtonal bend because he's not. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite going up. He's not quite going up to this note. Yeah, on guitar, on like in in everything, like all Western instruments, uh, we're kind of going in semitones. Mm-hmm. So, da, I can't do it on acoustic, but yeah. that's that that's the note. He's not going up there. He's going, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with a lot of microtonal bend, bends, you actually don't want to bring them back down because they, they don't sound good. Like if I'm doing a, a major chord and I go, that sounds mm-hmm. like shit. Mm-hmm. Versus. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, so Precisely. like that sort of idea. Like yeah. that's better than going. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. so microtonal bending like that. I think that's just because he's doing a microtonal bend. 
Yeah. It sounds a lot better than... I, I, although I find with microtonal bends, sometimes you can get away with it, but like a lot of times if you... That sounds yeah. a lot better than going... Or going... That's a full bend. Yeah, and by like, a full bend, I mean it's full semitone. Yeah. You right. know? So... You hear that in vocal stuff. He actually talks about this. John Mayer has a TikTok, I believe, uh, and he he does little lessons, and he talks about working um, on, he'll take like an Aretha Franklin like vocal thing, and he'll actually try to get like exactly what she's doing uh, on the guitar. And because she's a singer, there's tons of microtonal stuff. You know Mm. what I mean? You know you Mm. tune vocals all the time, and sometimes it's like, oh, that's not perfectly in tune, but that's good that's good yeah yeah Yeah, you don't want to mess with that um yeah so it's that is hard like if we auto-tuned uh like an aretha Mm. franklin thing it would be way different yeah especially the i mean music now is so much different in certain ways like that but even now with with when i tune vocals like i want to leave the edges of the notes alone because that's where you really hear it um that's where you really notice that things have been really tuned yeah um the centers of the notes uh, you know, uh, can, can be kind of right on, but the edges, the you know, the very start of the note, the very end of the note, the, the singer's going to bend a little bit, and yeah. that's what gives it some some personality and some flavor. Yeah. And you'll see soloists do that as well. Um, so yeah, t- so, one thing I, I noticed with this, like as well, um, I think he does a little teeny microtonal bend. Then oh, oh, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that sounds a l- more bluesy, like than going. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and then he has that amazing vibrato. Yeah, yeah which I can't. <laughs> so hard to I mean, replicate it, right? Luck. So, uh, just to complete this idea, so we're bending the seventh fret G string, um, bringing it back, fifth fret G string, which could be a pull off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bent that out of tune, but could be a yeah. pull off or it could be another strike. Uh, yeah. That's 5th fret G, then 7th fret D, 7th fret A. And again, that is the A minor yeah. Yeah. triad. So I this am. is like the fourth or fifth time I'm saying the same thing over yeah. and over again. But hopefully it's to illustrate the point that he's doing the same thing <laughs> like every lick. And yet it's 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 dope, in my opinion, and it works really well. So yeah. uh, bringing that down. And then to finally, because we've been building all this tension, right? We've been hanging out. And this is tension release. We'll do an episode on tension release. But like we've been hanging out in this fifth to eighth fret, E string, A string, D string yeah. zone for a couple of bars now. And so it's so satisfying to the listener and to the guitar player yeah. who's tired of being there to move to yeah. this new area. And this is um, eighth fret B string sliding to tenth fret B string, yeah. which is your next um, position. Next position yeah. and next instance of the note A, which again is yeah. the tonal center of this song. Yeah. And it, and this is another little extension area that I like to point out when I'm teaching is that now we've got 8-10, 8-10 on the B string and the high E string. Yeah. And this is like a, a another sort of upper extension. And you also get ninth fret on the G. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you can the bring it back yeah, to yeah. your main zone again. Um, One of the things as well, too, is you could play this here. Um, 
mm-hmm. he could play it there but i do find it hard to do like a wide vibrato i just find it hard to do a lot of bending or anything on the high on e the string, high e on the first you know string, like yeah. like because literally those those are the identical notes yeah. um this is the 10th fret on on the string above it and this is the fifth fret here yeah um but yeah and then i does he go up to yeah you know okay, so, so he, he then utilizes there. this yeah this ex- sort of extension area so here's what we have so far So there it is, finally breaking away from that um, that fifth to eighth fret zone. Yeah, yeah. Again, just adds that tension release, uh, the release part of tension release. Okay, so next area here. So just using that, and there's a couple of cool things to point out here. So this is tenth fret E, high E, first string, bending, bending up. Pre- Almost a, a whole step, almost two frets yeah. worth of notes. Um, but and again, like another thing that I noticed here was that he does do a little microtonal yeah, he does thing it, yeah. right before moving to the next note to keep the momentum going. So if I go, so that's just a bend up, coming back down, yeah. playing my next note, that's fine. But adding this little microtonal up bend. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah, if folks yeah, can hear that yeah, over yeah. the podcast. Yeah, bends up but a little that, bit. I didn't even notice that. That, yeah. and if we just quickly just listen to that again. Right? Just that little... Uh, really does add a little bit of extra juice and to that. also, too, on the bend up... Like, I don't think on the first one he makes it all the way up. He mm-hmm. doesn't go, I can't do it on acoustic. He doesn't get all the yeah. way up there. Yeah, yeah uh, it's maybe he, like a half... Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. know. That's the. I think that's the key to all this pentatonic nonsense. It's like ways of dressing up that A minor. Yeah, but also too, the microtonal bend thing is huge. Yeah, you know, as opposed to going, you can go. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and you can do that. Like that's kind of implying a major yeah. thing. But this is over a minor song. But, uh, you know, in a blues bad. context, it yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah. And these are just, like, ways of, yeah, like you said, dressing it up. But it's just, like, ways of taking, like, simple melodic concepts and, and making them sound really cool. Making yeah. it sound like you really know what you're doing. And, of course, like, John Mayer does really know what yes, he's doing. He does. But, like, you know, for a guitarist like myself, like I said, it's like I'm not, like, a, virtuo- a virtuoso or anything. But I understand where the pentatonic notes are. So I can really glean a lot from listening to something like this. Yeah. And being like, okay, well, actually, like... You know, he's just using those two notes, but yeah, yeah. You know, his choice to 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 bend it like that just makes such a huge difference. It's so much cooler. Um, so, in my own sort of soloing and practicing, it's like how can I how can I sort of use what I already have here yeah. and make it make it creative and make it cool without stressing out about like oh well I don't know like how to play you know a million notes a second or like yes. every inversion of every single thing or whatever it is you know what i mean it's like how can we use what we have to to make something cool because at the end of the day like like the you got to you got to be playing 
you know, for your, hopefully for your, for your listener in a certain way. Yeah. And just like, you know, making something that people can, can grasp onto and, and make them feel something. Uh, and I think for the most part, that is going to be derived from the pentatonic scale. Yeah. Um, so it's like, let's find ways to make that, you know, cool, interesting. So here's the next lick. Just unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even, I can't even do that justice, but here we are. So, so that's, um, eighth fret, second string, B string. Pulling off to fifth fret on the same string, B string. So I'm using my pinky. Yeah. Some people might use the ring finger there. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do. Um, then we've done this lick already. Bend up the seventh on G. Bend it back down. Fifth fret G. Seventh fret D. Seventh fret A. Again, riding that. Well, even the a bend you're triad. doing there. Yeah. You don't go all the way up to. Not all the way there. Yeah. You yeah. do. Yeah. Compared to, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. So, so all we've done is we've taken this. You know, originally this was like one, two. That's where it was. Now it's like one, two. So he's using the same um, uh, idea here on guitar. Literally the same notes. He's added two notes to the front. Yeah. And that moved the whole thing and the timeline yeah, forward yeah. by about a beat, you know? So where it was one, two, and that that led us into that area. Now it's one, two. So it's like you're doing the same thing yeah. over and over again, but because it's in different spots and the rhythmic, um, you know, the, the ether yeah, of yeah. The, ryth- the rhythm of the music, it's like that, that makes it um, interesting and fresh. But also familiar and, you know, uh, yeah. c- c- keeps people engaged. Okay. So, and then, and then, uh, and then literally repeats the, uh, the, the previous three notes that he just played fifth fret G, 10th fret D, 7th fret A. And but that's he, just, but he just kind of yeah. does it in a, in a cool kind of. Yeah. Also, too, is. that's just an yeah. A minor triad. Just an A minor triad. You can Again. tell he knows where the chord tones are. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Knows where his bread is buttered, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So, but this is a common thing that I think uh, he, John Mayer does a lot. And like a lot of solos probably do a bunch is they'll sort of play something and then play it right away again. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, yeah. But, but, um, and this is obviously, you know, that, that taking those three notes and then yeah. immediately repeating them with like a little bit of different sort of weight to them and 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 whatnot, but sort of doing that, I don't know. It's just like it's like you get, you get more mileage, you get more value out of the yeah. lick you just played. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that like Prince who said like if you play it twice, then it's not wrong or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've heard like other people say it too. Um, that's the thing, like because I feel like all these players that are like amazing, especially like the older blues guys. Like, they're not playing anything that we don't know. They're just playing it, like, cooler, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, all, and same with, like, like with a lot of, like, the singers. They're not, like, playing... They're not singing a scale that we don't know. They're yeah. just utilizing it better. Like, the microtonal thing is huge. I remember uh, I was transcribing uh, a Derek Truck slide guitar solo. And so the thing with slide guitar is that uh, you don't use frets with slide guitar, mm. so you can get the microtonal thing um but i was trying to learn it without without 
like the slide and using my fingers and the same mm-hmm. thing. It's like microtonal stuff, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get like those little in between bends that he does. Uh, but he's not bending; he's just using a slide. Right. Uh, I mean, this is pretty guitaristic talk. Uh, you can't really do this on a piano. Well, you can't do it on a piano. Uh, you could do it on a fiddle, though. You could yeah. do it on uh, – you wouldn't do it on a mando because I don't think they bend. Uh, what else would you do it on? Pedal steel. Pedal steel, you could do yeah. it on um, – I mean synthesizer or piano with, with the uh, the bendy uh, yeah. control. You, if you wanted to learn yeah. how to play that sort of stuff, I did hear guitar uh, keyboards who could rip sort of like guitaristic stuff. Oh, man. I've heard, heard some like Moog – stuff yeah um like peter Cater did a solo on a, on a tune that we were working on where yeah. he did like a moog thing and there was all kinds of pitch bends in yeah. it, and it was yeah. so badass and it's like it's what you're talking about it's yeah. like a m- microtonal stuff you know on a keyboard it's it works it yeah. totally totally works uh, especially yeah. too uh, if you um you could program this stuff in like if you were recording mm-hmm. a keyboard solo and you wanted to make it sound bluesier you could program in like pitch bends and stuff yeah. like that or uh, like if you have some kind of controller that does MIDI writing, right? You could probably... That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. If, if you, like, saved a MIDI thing and then we're adding the the VSTs afterwards, yeah, that would make it sound bluesier. But it's, uh, yeah, this is a great fucking solo. So, uh, next lick. Okay, so two little mini licks there. So we're going back to the... That extension that we were talking about before, 810, 810 on the B and E strings... And what he's doing here is he's going 8, 9, 10 on the B string, which is what you would call a chromatic yeah, passing thing. Tone. Passing or passing tone. Yeah. tone. And then um, to the 8th uh, fret on the, the high E string. And then returning to the 10th fret B string, which again is our A center Minor, of the key. Yeah, yeah. Doing it with an amazing feel and touch, which makes it sound way better. But just adding that little... Yep. That little yep. passing tone, that little chromatic passing tone there, again, adds another layer of spice yeah, to yeah. this area. And that's not something that I would necessarily have would go for Thought if I was do, like, yeah. if I was like, you know, if I'm soloing on a tune in A minor, am I thinking about, oh, I can actually play the, the half step in between the flat seven yeah. and the one or whatever, yeah. however you want to think about it. And it's like, yeah, you can. And it actually is dope. So um, th- there's that. And then he goes right back to... This, this yeah, like again. Yeah, same thing. Bend the G, seventh fret, fifth fret G, seventh fret D, seventh fret A. So, yeah, right. So again, same, uh, same lick. He's been doing the whole time, but it's it's a good one, and it it fits in all these different yeah. spots uh, in the meter. So I mean, three and four and one and two and yeah. So yeah. where it's been on, we've we've seen it on beat two, one or sorry the and of two one two and three and yeah. four. We've seen it on the on beat three itself yeah. one and two three. Four. Now it's on the what did I say and of one. Yep. Uh, three and four and one and yeah. So yeah. he's put it. He's, he's hopefully I'm making this clear, but he's put it on almost every beat of the bar that yeah. you could want to yeah. do it on. Yeah. You know, he's done it on the and of one. He's done it on and of two. He's done it on three. So putting in different spots. Here's the next lick. Okay, same so, thing. But same just thing with a twice, slide. right? So uh, eighth fret B, pulling to five, uh, fifth fret B. And then uh, 7th fret G pulling to 5th fret G. And then returning yeah. to 7th fret G. 
I think the second time he does so. And then the second time, absolutely. Yeah, a little slide in. So the second time when he goes to that 7th fret G, he slides down to it from uh, 8th fret G. So again, not, I guess it's not a microtonal thing, that's a semitone kind of thing. But that's your, sort of your blues note, quote unquote, if if anybody's familiar with the the blues scale. Yeah. Your sharp four, your flat five. So, so he's utilizing that there, but he's not leaning on it. He's just touching it. It's it's like a, um, they call it like a ghost note. Yeah, you know and what the, I mean. The, the blue note, the the blue note's a little bit like salt in cooking. Yeah, you yeah. know, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah, you just yeah. want to you just want to touch it. You just want to do it enough that that it's that it makes it spicy, but uh, or salty, I guess, but not enough that uh, people get you know over over uh, bared by it. So. Um, So yeah. essentially the same lick twice, but with a little added salt there. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, the last lick. Again, with amazing touch and feel. So yeah. same same fret area. We're starting on 5th fret G. Yeah. Hammer the 7th fret G. 5th fret B string. Then we're going to come back, use that little 8th fret slide down thing on the G, eight, sliding 8 to 7. And then down to 5 on, on G. Uh, could be a, another strike of the string, or it could be a pull off. Hard to tell sometimes. Um, people with friggin' strong left hands, yeah, you can, they, yeah. they could just play one handed. Uh, and then we're gonna take the eighth fret B, slide it again into that extension area that, that we've been talking about. Yeah, tenth fret B, ending on that again the center of your universe in this song, which is the note A. a yeah. And yeah. again, breaking away from that uh, fifth to eighth fret zone, that sort of home position, if you will, for the minor pentatonic scale, selectively sort of breaking away from that, especially at the end when we're sort of going to a new yeah. section, yeah, yeah. sort of want to fly into that next section, soar into it, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah, better it way to do that? just helps to you know, know uh, the, the, the area. Like, yeah. at the very least, you should know the next position for the pentatonic and the the, the thing before that i mean the only problem is for someone who isn't playing guitar fiddle would have the same thing a mandolin mm-hmm. would have the same thing anything where there's multiple strings you have this this issue and advantage that mm-hmm. you can play the same thing a bajillion different ways um what was i going to say about this one of the things that i get my students to do to work on this sort of thing and i'm not the best at it because unfortunately in country music which is what we mostly play the, it, it's a lot of like notes it is kind of like jazzy in the sense it's like oh you play a lot of eighth note lines there's not a lot of motivic stuff unless you have a song like this that comes up that is like country-esque mm-hmm. but like i'll get them to take i always usually do like the e minor pentatonic um and i'll just get them to take like a basic lick and like when you're working on this sort of stuff it's gonna sound bad um until you actually, you know, you keep working on it and then, you know, in a month when you go to do a solo, you're able to sort of screw around with that repetition of things. So, like, if I'm doing something like that, if I just get them to mess around with this, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, um, here, I'll pull back you Okay, here. yeah, yeah. So, I'll just screw around this. This is going to sound bad, but... You know what I mean? Just super yeah. repetitive and annoying. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, or taking a different leg and then messing around with it, like something like this. 
You know, the idea is... You can work over the other chords, right, too? You know, just being, like, really annoying with it... Uh, to the point where it's almost unmusical to do it like that, then when you go to do an actual solo and you aren't restricted by the fact that you're trying to be repetitive, yeah. you, you have that skill of being almost like cheeky with it. Because it yeah. is kind of cheeky to just be like, and then the next lick is, yeah, and then the next lick is, uh, it's the same thing. You know, like, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. Like, yeah, that sort of I, stuff's I mean, even like the first, even the first like several bars of your experiment there sounded like a legit, yeah. you know, solo. And it was and like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Cause he's kind of doing this same thing over and over. Yeah. You didn't like hit me over the head with, with, you know, a trillion notes right off the bat. Right. So, yeah. uh, and you played with good feel and good intention and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, after a little while, you're like, okay, this is kind of, yes. this is a bit much, but but it, you you know, I think the takeaway there is it's longer than you think before it becomes too much. Yes, yeah. You don't yeah. have to move to the next idea, or you don't have to move completely away from the first idea for a lot longer than you think. Yeah, it, it almost signals anxiety and like uh, like amateurness. The same way that playing too many notes and not leaving space, it's like you. you on a subconscious level, you can pick up the anxiety or the lack of confidence when somebody is just constantly moving ideas. Yeah. Like, you know, for somebody to just play one fucking note, you yeah. know, just over and over, over again, uh, that shows that, I mean, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's badass. I mean, how about like, you know. Yeah. The whole soul is the same thing. Yeah. And then he just, just, just starts playing just fucking chords. Yeah. You know. uh, <laughs> but like that's a, that's one of the most recognizable uh, solos, solos yeah. probably ever. I, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be up there, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just a, you know a little blues pattern that, uh, and it's badass too because it's like it's very angular. It's very sort of. Um, I don't know. It's just I like because when you think about it. Um, like we want to hear repetition because we want to be able to follow along or yeah. like be like ideal, not ideally, but it would be interesting if you could play a solo where every, anybody who listens to music knew where you were going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and some solos you can kind of for a moment be like, Oh, he's going to go here. And you know, they go somewhere some similar. Mm-hmm. You're able to follow along instead of just like the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Guy or gal, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot. There's a couple of like analogies that I've heard that are really, really good. And one of them was uh, actually a uh, shout out to um, Uncle Rick back at Humber. Rick Emmett. Yeah, who was our songwriting teacher and also uh, in, in the band Triumph. But he, sa- he said, a song is like a face. So, and this, this can apply to a solo too, right? A song is like a face. Like, you gotta kind of have the eyes, nose, ears, and mouth and cheeks and chin hair whatever else in the right place otherwise you know people are gonna be like what the heck is this yeah so when you're writing a song it's like yeah like i've got a chorus i've got a verse maybe i have a bridge yeah okay we gotta kind of start there and then let's see what we can do 
within that to sort of make it awesome and make it really cool and, yeah. and, and original. But if you kind of if you're if you're not starting from that place, then uh, it's going to be tough to get people engaged with it. And if that's not your goal, then that's okay too, right? But yeah. um, if your goal is to get people engaged and get them to feel something and get them to get excited and 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 you know get jacked up about your music, then yeah, you kind of got to start up start from s- somewhere like that. And I think you know in soloing, it's kind of the same way. It's like he doesn't blast into some weird like atonal kind of pattern at the beginning of that, yeah. that solo section because it probably wouldn't be that appropriate right yeah to, the song yeah. is not really asking for that and the song is is really i mean i think what he played on it was was pretty well perfect right for what for what it was right um, yeah and, it, uh, and it, i think it's awesome so it, i think you do want to start from from a place like that and then i think if you if you kind of to build on what you were just saying about you know where you go next you kind of want the listener to to be able to sort of be with you on that journey yeah you know think about it like a story or like a yeah like, and this is like an analogy that's been used a ton but like think about it like a story or a movie or, or a tv show or like a book or whatever um or a podcast i mean how many podcasts have you listened to where they just jump around topics at so much that it's the, i'm the, currently <laughs> co-hosting one <laughs> that it's like you could you just it gets exhausting after a while because yeah. you can't like you, you can't follow along with anything but it's the same way for for a guitar solo right so it's like think about it like a like you're telling a story or like it's a movie or like it's whatever it's like yeah it's like the story has to make some amount of sense and be going in a direction where people can follow along but it also has to have some cool twists and turns in it yeah. to make people like oh shit like i didn't you know i didn't really see that coming or that's so cool that we got here yeah based on what had happened up until this point. Well, so. also too, it's like I actually haven't spent a lot of time writing solos, like writing them. I mm. just usually I'm in the position where it's it's usually you learn the solo from the record or you just improvise a solo. Uh, and I haven't played on a ton of records, um, so it's one of those things. It would be an interesting task to have to write a solo uh, and not screw it up by trying to overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is something to be said by improvised solos, you will play probably more musically if you're like a decent improviser, uh, and if you've never written a solo. Because writing a solo is hard, you know. Like I'm trying to think of some some solos that would definitely written. Um, Almost all of them. Yeah. I, would, I mean, they were they're maybe born from improvisation. Yeah. But they are composed either by the person who's playing them or by the producer or the person that's yeah. editing it and putting it together at the end of the day. Sure, they're yes. taking the licks that they like the best. Yes, and they're crafting something that really that's a good really call. works. Yeah. You know, so you know On whether something direct- like continuum. That's what they would have done. That makes sense. Yeah, or I mean, he just played it a hundred times and finally came out with something where he was like, that was it. You yeah, know? yeah, but yeah, but yeah. so even if that's indirectly composing Post, something, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really. That's really what you do when you're composing. You just keep trying stuff till yep. you get something you like. That's I'm, one way of writing compared to sitting down and like writing, writing. Um, like yeah. like say for instance, if you were to write on a sheet of music, right, right. Um, or say for instance, if you were to sit and try to think. Okay, well, what are the notes I'm going to play? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do that and then try to add on more. Whereas he's just. These are the licks kind of things that I like. I'm going to improvise it like 20 times, and then we're going to take the best one. Yep. And as you said, the producer could be like, you know what? That The first three quarters of that were amazing, but I'm going to take the end of this solo. Yeah. Um, and each time he improvises through it, consciously or subconsciously, he's going to keep doing the things that sounded good yeah. and yeah. <laughs> not continue to do the things that didn't sound good. And eventually you, you end up with something that really works extraordinarily well. Yeah. 
Um, so that is composition. So I would argue that almost every solo, except is, for maybe the solo on Peg. I don't know Peg. Steely Dan? I, I haven't listened to a lot of Steely Dan. Oh, I can't dude. do it. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, a, some folks listening will know that story, but I, I, I can't remember the name of the guy who played it now, but um, they auditioned or, or went through, you know, dozens of guitarists trying to get just the right solo you know yeah. as one does when you've got you know millions of dollars uh, and the greatest musicians in the world to, uh, to play on your record and uh this this uh this gentleman uh, came in and just nailed it first take and they were just like yep that's good that's it. Yeah. yeah um so Shit. forgive me for not knowing the name of this person but uh um, very very famous story um but yeah man uh anything else or do we want to maybe leave it there i feel like the big thing to take away this is pretty guitar focused episode but Mm -hmm. if you bear through us being like these are the frets that you play and like these positions work is that um like writing a solo is hard uh improvising a solo is hard too i mean uh but like the this it's not hard because they're they're playing any notes that you don't know they're just dressing up as you said the fucking it, really, the pentatonic scale is just a dress-up of um, of that chord, of, yeah. that, of that minor triad, as you were saying. Um, and like by further doing these, like a little ghosty, or it's just even further dress-up, you mm-hmm. know. Um, instead of going, you know, you get. You yeah, know, like that makes a huge difference. What I would say if I wanted to learn more of this, which I do, uh, I would lift more like John Mayer bluesy solos. I would lift some Derek Trucks mm-hmm. stuff or some uh, John Mayer was saying that he'd take like Aretha Franklin or really good vocalists that are singing kind of these bluesy lines and try to get like the microtonal stuff. The The key is the microtonal stuff and the ghost notes and like the articulations, I guess you would call them, right? Yep. It's not the... Not the notes. Yep. The notes are cool, but everybody can play the right notes, you know? Especially if you have the pentatonic scale. Yeah, and tension release, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Building it up. That's like and meta, then, yeah. And then letting it go or, or really, you know, well, it's tension release. I mean, I, how many ways do I have to say it? We should do an episode, though. We really, maybe next week we'll do that. I have, yeah, a, yeah. Lot of, I have a lot of thoughts on tension, on tension release. release. I yeah. have absolutely no thoughts on it. Uh, I haven't oh, thought of it I'll before. I'll get you there. there I'll you get go. you there. As soon um, as no, no, as soon as we start talking about it, you'll you'll have so much. I've probably you don't even. You, I've probably never thought of it just, as tension and release. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. It's it's uh it's it's a very cool way to think about music. Um. But uh, anyhow, all right. Well, th- thanks for sticking with us. We'd love to get some feedback uh, from anybody who's made it this far. Uh, did you find this interesting? Did you find it insightful? Yeah. Was it a little bit too guitar-y? Uh, too guitar-y yeah, yeah. or a little bit too It doesn't sort have of, to be in the is future. Is pedantic the right word? I don't know big words, so yeah. I'm going to say it is. Um, like, is, did we over-explain things or did, was it enough to keep, you know, interest? Like, I feel like it's valuable to go over the frets so that people could follow along at home yes. if they were trying to learn this thing. Playing guitar. Um, but anyways, let us know what you thought um we're still of, getting our sea legs yeah we're, you know it was like it was a, it, i thought it was a cool idea for a show so maybe we'll do you know if you if you also if you have a suggestion you know like break down this solo or that solo it's like i'd yeah. love to break down some some country stuff yeah um because there's lots of outlining of chords and country soloing is is different than this you yeah. know like it's like this is like versus like also like rock soloing too you yeah. know like where you're just playing shook me all night long yeah, Shook Me All Night Long has, has lots of microtonal stuff. Yeah. It's a, a great example of this stuff, too. Maybe that's but the next like, one we do. With, um, with country stuff, it's, once again, 
I'm acting like I'm a country expert, and I absolutely am not. We should get fucking Jeff Brown and Chris <laughs> yeah. Gray on here. Yeah, we should. I predicted great, that actually. they were just going to be fucking destroying it on our podcast, by the way. Yeah. I did. When we were living in, in Markham at the beginning of our podcast, I was like, you wait. Because like, Jeff Brown and Chris Bray were doing quite well at that yeah. time. But I was like, you wait. When people find out about those guys, yeah. they're they're going to soar. And they oh, are. Yeah. The both yeah, of them. Since yeah. then, one of them's playing with Jade Eagleson. Other one's playing with a washboard. Yeah. Couple of couple of couple of hitters. I'm a prophet, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, we should get them on the show. Man. We should. Um, um so I guess yeah, let's leave it there. We'll talk we'll talk to everybody next week. Thank you so much. As always for listening. If you'd like to support the show, uh, a positive review always helps. Telling yep. your friends always helps. Sharing the posts on social media, following us on social media. I'm at Alro Music on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever else, YouTube. Uh, the podcast is at Music Guy Podcast on Instagram. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel where you might want to check this this episode out on YouTube. Uh, and then, of course, you can follow Michael at Bruno the Meek on Instagram. And uh, you can contact the podcast, musicguypodcast, at gmail.com. If you'd like to send us a song, we would love to play it on air and support uh, independent music out there. So please hit us up with your tunes uh, if you would like for us to do that. Did that cover everything? Yeah, we're still getting better. Still figuring out how to do this again. <laughs> Give us some time. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye.